On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This October, Overwatch 2 arrives. I'm going to give you a rundown on what to expect from the new free-to-play team-based shooter game. There are a ton of epic heroes to play, each with their own unique abilities, personalities, and roles. Charge into battle as a guerrilla scientist, take aim as a cybernetic super soldier, or heal up your team as a rollerblading DJ. No matter what mode you play, work together to get that dub. Overwatch 2, free to play October 4th. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Friday, June the 3rd. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we have a special guest joining us from the great outdoors, walking as he goes here on the Ice Guys show. Uh, Chris Corgan uh, joining us here on the uh, show for this uh, Friday edition. Uh, Chris, welcome to the Ice Guys. Uh, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, before we uh, get into you know the show and uh, breaking down some NHL Stanley Cup playoff action as we do with our guests for the first time. Tell us about Chris Corgan, the hockey player, and all the where you've been, how long you've played, where you've played, and how you got into hockey in the first place. Um, well, I was actually kind of late to start. I didn't start till I was about twelve years old, uh, which is kind of late for hockey actually. But uh, started. Uh, my cousin actually was a big hockey player growing up, uh, so I started playing. West side of Michigan, played played a little uh, travel hockey growing up when I was little and then played high school and then moved on, went and played a couple years of juniors over in uh, Canada. I played up in northern Ontario and in, uh, a little bit in eastern Ontario my last year and then played four years of college hockey. Uh, first year was at Northland, which is a little D3 school up in Wisconsin. And then I ended up transferring a little bit closer to home, uh, Davenport University, which is right where I, right by where I grew up. Uh, played there the last few years. Our last year got unfortunately cut a little short due to COVID, so I ended up not going to the the national tournament, which kind of was a bummer. And then this past year, I played in uh, started the year in uh, third league in Finland, and then as that situation kind of struggled with their their COVID regulations and whatnot. They kind of had their season cut short a bit. So I ended up coming back and playing the rest of the year, uh, played for I think, a couple games in the Federal League and then moved up and played the last bit of the season in the SPHL. There you go. Down those Macon, Georgia. There you go. The make what is that? The mayhem, isn't it the Macon Mayhem? I got that. That is right. the mayhem, yep, that is correct. 
There we go. So I, I know Alex is very good with the team names and uh, yeah. especially of the uh, not the lower level pro leagues. But yeah, I, I was familiar with that one. Definitely uh, the Macon Mayhem. Alex, do you have a do you have a jersey of the Macon Mayhem? That wouldn't even shock. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But I know yeah, you played at Davenport, which is one of the the, the uh, top tier clubs in the ACHA. Uh, let me talk about how, how was that experience? Because I know a lot of those clubs, we saw Penn State and, and Arizona State eventually make their way to D1 status. Uh, I'm rocking the Illinois jersey. I know it's a school that they were trying to, to jump up at one time, too. And Ohio is a big program as well. So uh, what was the experience mm-hmm. like playing some of those, some of those clubs? Uh, it was a lot of fun. We got treated really, really well. Like the school took really good care of us. We got basically treated like a NCAA program. Like almost half our team came from like different D3 schools and different uh, different transfers. So our, our team resembled very much like a NCAA team and – they just it was a lot of fun uh it was nice because you got to play a little more games and i mean everything was taken care of we traveled they they set it up really well it was a really good experience it was fun yeah, awesome stuff uh yeah so there you go that's a little bit of chris's background how about your betting background which i know you know some players that we've had on the show you know they're not as interested in it. Some have zero interest in it, and then we have a, we've had a bunch on that are very much day to day betters, like Brett McLean, and there's countless others uh, that are in it day to day. So how about you from that standpoint, Chris? Um, I'd love to be in it day to day. I tend to do it a little too much, <laughs> but it's I love it. I have a I have a blast betting. Uh, I like to bet on every sport. Basically, I, it makes just watching it. So much so much fun it's it's just a great addition to any anything com- competitive to make it a little more invested if you don't have a dog in the fight as much no that's exactly that's what that's what a lot of people like will say and that's just hey we want to put a little more fun and excitement into it and because of that uh, let's put a few bucks into play and if you know me very well chris you know i'm a very high volume better so if you're wondering mm-hmm. about finding some bets on the board on a daily basis with me, you don't have to worry. You, you rarely <laughs> ever have to worry. So uh, that's definitely something to uh, keep in mind. So that's great to hear. And, yeah, football. How about football? That's one of the sports I'm sure you love. And football is going to be back pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm a big Packers fan. I watch almost every game. There you go. Green Bay Packers fan. That will not make uh, Alex uh, very happy or thrilled. He's a Chicago <laughs> Bears fan. So it's Oof. a little division rivalry Oof. here. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, for sure. I do like what they did in the draft, the Bears, though. I got to admit, uh, you know, so we'll see if uh, I do like their secondary for what it's worth. Uh, yeah. you know, I think that could be all right for you, well, Alex. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> no commitments to uh, we're going to be good. Yeah, yeah, not this year, but... <laughs> yeah sure. no doubt about that. Uh, all right, let's get into some NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll start with last night's game. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, really impressive. I'm telling you right now, if the Colorado Avalanche play that game, bottle it up, and play it every game the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs, they will not be beaten. All right? They won't. Uh, that was a complete performance. I was thoroughly impressed. A 4 nothing shout uh, over the Edmonton Oilers. Pavel Francouz, let's tip the cap to him because uh, he was brilliant throughout the game, especially early on when I thought Edmonton had their best period in the first period. You know, they killed off a big five-on-three uh, for Colorado. They had a bunch of chances. Francois was very good in net, uh, and Edmonton couldn't capitalize largely because the goaltending was good. Uh, but at the end of the day, Colorado 
you know, kept, you know, their five-man attack. We've talked about it throughout this series, how they pinch the defenseman in at every, you know, opportunity. They jump into the play. They create a five-man wave on every shift, and it overwhelmed Edmonton, especially for that, what, three, four-minute span in the second period where Colorado got three straight goals uh, in a row in the blink of an eye. What was no score turned into three-nothing. And it ended up being a situation that Edmonton couldn't, you know, bounce back from. And then Colorado just controlled the game. And I thought in the third period, what was dis- disappointing and disheartening for me for Edmonton is that there was no pushback, really. I mean, they really didn't threaten to make a comeback against a Colorado team that we've seen them pop up leads uh, in the third period at home to St. Louis. They even did it a bit in game one, but we didn't see that of this series, but they didn't do it last night. And it was just disappointing, underwhelming performance from an Oilers team that down one nothing. They've shown an ability to respond and play very well in game two after losing game one, like they did in against LA and Calgary. But I guess we're finding out Colorado a little bit different than LA uh, and Calgary. And you know, Kane was not didn't have a great game. Drysidel, okay, but not great. But the guy that we've got to point out, and I hate to do this, and I can't believe we're ever going to really ridicule and criticize. Connor McDavid, but I'm going to do that today. I couldn't find Connor McDavid with a telescope last night on the ice. I couldn't find the best player in the world at all at any point last night. Now, you could say in the first period, he was actually, I thought the first period he was moving. He was making things happen. He had some chances. He was skating. They couldn't get the puck from him at times. And Kale McCarr, by the way, the defensive job that that guy did on Connor McDavid last night was terrific. There was those one-on-one rushes he had, and there's McCarr with the quick stick, knocks the puck away, and prevents and thwarts a great chance for McDavid. But I thought in the second and the third period, when you know Edmonton needed him, he was very he was invisible. I mean, let's let's call it like we see it. Two shots on goal. He was a minus in terms of his plus minus. He had no points. Obviously, they get shut out, but no points. Only two shots on goal, which isn't great for a guy of that caliber. I'm sorry for Connor McDavid, a, a guy of his caliber. That's that's a poor performance. That's a bad game. And I don't care if you know if, if people think I'm being harsh. I thought it was a poor game by his standards. What is he? Because he's Connor McDavid. He's above ridicule. He's above criticism. We can't say you know what, Connor. That was a pretty bad game. You really didn't have you know. We, we expect more from you. We can't say that about Connor McDavid. That's BS as far as I'm concerned. He has put himself in a spot where he's been so incredible in these playoffs and he's the number one player in the world that when he has, let's be honest, a fucking pedestrian game like last night, you know, we need to talk about it and say, you got to be better. Number 97, you got to step things up a little bit. And that's exactly how I felt about McDavid's performance last night uh, in that loss. And now Edmonton faces a situation where game three at home, it's a must. And if they don't get that one, this could be a very short, and very quick series for the Colorado Avalanche. Alex, we'll start with you with thoughts from uh, last night. Yeah, that was the the first thing I tweeted. Of course, I kind of you know ribbed Mike Smith a little bit too because I mean, as good as he played in the first period, and it looked like okay, maybe he's going to have a flashback of what we saw for the last uh, excuse me couple of game twos in the postseason. The, you know, the the floodgates opened up, and that's not necessarily all of his fault. The defenseman in front of him has been playing terrible. Uh, and like I said, we've seen this with Colorado time and time again during the, the postseason, even the regular season. They can put up two goals, three goals in the blink of an eye and, and put a game away, put a team out of reach. And I mentioned it, you know, yesterday with Franco starting uh, in game two as opposed to having him coming in in game one. 
you know, it, it makes you wonder, like I said, was Kemper trying to play through that injury from the beginning of the game? And, and maybe uh, Bednar should have made the move to go with Francois in the first because maybe we don't see that game be eight to six. Maybe we see Colorado jump out to a big lead uh, and, and win that game a lot more comfortably uh, in game one. Uh, Francois, of course, looking excellent in game two. And like I said, uh, McCarr and the defenseman playing their their great game as well and, and, and holding everybody down to, to a minimum as far as shots go. But for Connor McDavid, if you are going to be called the best player in the world, you have to pick up your game in that spot. Your team is down one nothing in the series and in the game. You have to put the team on your back. We've seen him do this time and time again during the regular season. But if you're going to be a, a complete player and be called the best player in the world and win a Stanley Cup, you have to do that in these moments. Those are the playoff moments where you have to shine. He simply did not do that. You know, we're talking about his seventh season now. I think about, you know, some of the better players in the last 15 years, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin. They've stepped up and put the team on their back at times like that when they needed it to. Those, those, those big clutch goals and, and showing up on the score sheet when it matters the most. And we have not seen that from Connor McDavid. Yes, he, he will, you know, have great games and, you know, get three or four assists and get a couple of goals and a, and a big blowout victory. But when you got to tighten things up, you have to be the guy to, to really you know rein in that club. And he just didn't do that last night. So now uh, they're in a tough spot. They go back home. But like I said, it's a must-win situation for him in game three. Uh, and if Colorado, like I said, can even you know duplicate half of the performance from game two, this one could be over in four, maybe even five games. Yeah, it definitely is. And like I say, I'm, I'm okay with criticizing McDavid. Like, what, what, he's Connor McDavid? What, we're treating him like God? You know, the Dalai Lama? You know, Nelson Mandela, these world humanitarians that uh, try to, you know, change the world. And, you know, he's a hockey player and, and he didn't have a good game by his standards. So, you know, I, to me, I'm going to say something about it. He's got to be a lot better than that. And I thought it was disappointing because of the spot that they were in. They were down one. They face an 0-2 hole in this series if they don't win that game last night, which, of course, they didn't win. Uh, and McDavid was that was a very lethargic effort and performance, you know, based on what we come to expect. Uh, from Connor McDavid, and now they got a tough decision with Mike Smith. I mean, again, uh, I don't know if I, I, I I've been sticking up for Mike Smith from the beginning. This is the first time where I really would consider at least maybe making a change. Maybe uh, I'd still want to give him one more game at home uh, to see if he can turn it around. And then if it gets to three zip and he's and and they lose again, then maybe you got to go to Koskinen. And then, uh, but I I could I could go either way with that. Like I'm not gonna yeah. you know just ridicule and. Uh, very criticized Woodcroft if he makes the change for game three. But I would wait even one more game, and then game four I'd make the change if, if it's another loss in game three. That's how I'd approach it. But Yeah, you could, I mean, you could go either way. I, I think at this point, though, like I said, game three now has become so crucial where you might have to go in and make that change to to uh, before because you get to get you get down 3 nothing. It, it won't matter who's in that, in my opinion. So I, if you think Koskinen's going to be the guy to turn things around, you got to give him that shot now. And if you still lose there at that point, like you said, you're in trouble regardless. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I've not been a big – like I said, I've been kind of sticking up for him in this series as well too. And I know the fact of – like I said, it, when if you pull him again, you can't bring him back. So you have to really kind of tread lightly with, with what spot you put him in. But at this point, with that kind of a showing from the rest of the team, you got to shake things up. Maybe you go on and, and put Koskinen in now and just ride him the rest of the way. And I got to criticize someone else. And this hurts. This hurts the heart. This hurts the soul. But no one is above me criticizing them. And I'm talking about my Hamilton boy, Darnell Nurse. Atrocious game. Abysmal game. Horrendous. Brutal. I mean, that's all you can say. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. 
uh, in the National Hockey League. Now, Colorado can make you look like that, but still, turning the puck over, treating it like a hand grenade, getting beaten down the ice. Odd man rush is given up by Darnell Nurse last night. I'm thinking he's hurt, and people are speculating. Mark Spector, the great uh, reporter of the Oilers, thinks he's not 100% and shouldn't be playing even. You know, they think he's really suffering from some kind of injury. Nobody's saying anything about it, but they say this is now a couple games in a row where it hasn't looked like Darnell Nurse, and maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's battling something. So interesting to see uh, how things go. Uh, Chris, uh, get your thoughts in here on uh, last night's game. Uh, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head there with kind of how McDavid and Drysdale, they just haven't been quite up to what the expectation is. I think a little bit has to do with the fact that Colorado has such skilled defensemen and they have such offensive minded defensemen who almost, I think they read McDavid's game a little better than what he's used to. So you have a guy like Byram, a guy like McCarr, a guy like Gerard. They're all very skilled and can almost play his game. And he almost has to take a page out of the McKinnon or Landis book and play a little bit, a little bit more on the, on the edge with them and use some physicality in order to kind of beat those guys. Cause those aren't guys you're going to beat with just speed and skill. I think he kind of has that works so well against majority of players that when you come up against a team that is equipped to play against, I mean, those guys are practicing against McKinnon every day. So they're very aware on how to play against somebody like that. I think that kind of can make it. So his, you can see his frustration starts to show when he's really trying to do the same things over and over again. He almost has to take a step back, not be quite so frustrated, and start battling a little bit more and get things a little bit more the greasy way as, as opposed to always trying to get it just by beating guys clean. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, get those tough goals, be capable of getting them. I mean, that's what we need more of from the Edmonton Oilers, I think, for that that entire team. You're right. They've got to make a, a concerted effort to uh, get to the front of the net. And, you know, people, I see someone in the chat's upset with me uh, ripping McDavid. Uh, he is the best player in the world. He's t- he's phenomenal. There's no question. I'm not denying that. Nobody is. I'm saying for last night, for game two of this series, that was not a good performance for a guy of that caliber, the so-called best player in the league, the best player in the world, the best player in the sport. That was not a good performance from him last night. 0.03 expected goals. Let's not even like what was he on the Oilers last night in player expected goals? He was down there. I mean, he was way down there. I mean, you're looking at last night's uh, real raw numbers: Puliarvi, Kane, Yamamoto, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Drysital, Cece, Nurse, Bouchard. All of them had more expected goals last night individually for the Edmonton Oilers than Connor McDavid. Come on. I mean, that the stats bear it out. That is not a good enough not a performance. Simple. Uh, and you've got to bring it. The whole team does game three, because if they don't win that game, uh, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it could be out of Brooklyn. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's hit a little physical wall because he's been so brilliant. He's played a ton of minutes. He's been, you know, just all over the ice. And he's been dominant in so many games that maybe he's hit a little bit of a physical wall. Maybe that is part of it. But this is the Western Conference Finals find a way i mean that that everybody else is tired too everybody else is battling injuries everybody else has got little things that are bothering them at this time of year find a way you know that's at the end of the day that's what you got to try to do all right and speaking of finding a way we're going to find a way to try to make some money here with this uh, eastern conference final a game two tonight tampa bay lightning 
uh, taking on the New York Rangers. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay minus 125 uh, road favorites here, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Rangers leading the series one nothing. So I'm 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 doing it. I'm falling into the 18 and 0 uh, off of loss in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, for the Tampa Bay Lightning since the beginning of 2020, and I've been on the Tampa Bay Lightning in this spot pretty much repeatedly in this year's playoffs, pretty much repeatedly in last year's playoffs, uh, and probably a bunch of times in 2020 off the top of my head. I probably also bet Tampa off a loss a bunch in the playoffs that year uh, as well. I mean, it's just difficult to ignore that. We have just seen a consistent pattern of this team elevating and stepping it up after a bad game and after a defeat. Uh, and I don't know why I should expect anything different tonight. That's been their uh, MO. Uh, and look, we had Carl Alsner on yesterday. Great guest. We had you know a couple other people on that were played the game earlier in the week, and they said the same thing about the Rangers' lightning. They were worried about the nine-day layoff for Tampa Bay, that it's a bad thing, not a good thing. And it sure looked that way for Tampa Bay to have that many games off. Uh, the Rangers jumped on them early. As soon as I saw the Kreider goal a minute in, I'm like, they look like they're fucked tonight. They don't look like they're sharp at all. And they're going to end up finding a way maybe to uh, get the job done, uh, the Rangers, and win this game. And it got worse from there uh, for Tampa Bay. So, But give the Rangers credit. Uh, Kreider and Zibanejad outstanding. The power play connects for another goal. The Rangers' power play can't be stopped right now. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, Philip Heedle with five goals in the last three games uh, has been absolutely phenomenal. And and you better believe I'm back to the well with his goal score prop tonight. Even though I like Tampa, uh, I can't ignore that value. Again, over plus 400 to score a goal for Philip Heedle tonight uh, in this game for the Rangers. But this is a night where, you know, you'd expect Tampa Bay's best players. I can't believe how bad, speaking of calling out one player in particular, he did it with McDavid a second ago. Could Nikita Kucherov have been worse in game one? I mean, my goodness, soft on pucks, uh, just, you know, just shying away from any sort of physical play, uh, just bad defensive coverage at times, letting players go to the net. Uh, that whole performance from him was very, very bad, bad on, in game one. The whole team struggled, don't get me wrong, but it was an extremely uh, rough game in particular for Nikita Kucherov. So I kind of think he's going to bounce back. If you look at game one against Toronto, they got drilled in that game. I don't think he had a point uh, either uh, in that game against the Leafs, and he had two assists, two points in the next game. So I think Kucherov points is a good prop look tonight. Uh, I think that's definitely a Kucherov to score a goal as well. Uh, I'd go one step further with that. Uh, Stamkos as well. This is the night where the big guns for Tampa usually have to show up. Perry, I think, could get a little more involved as well uh, in this game. So, I, And I'm always going to say, you know, consider Ross Colton and Nick Paul I've been talking about those two players in particular from a player prop standpoint for a while because you get such great value with them. So uh, I'm going to look at some Tampa props. I'm still going to go back to the well with Heedle uh, for the New York Rangers because of how good he and that line have been. LaPrenier to score a point might be worth a look as well because he's starting to rack up the points. So I'm going to look at Tampa Bay minus 125 tonight, and I'm also going to go with the, those player props that I mentioned here uh, in this game. Chris, we'll start with you for uh, this one. Game two, Lightning Rangers. Bet Betting-wise, what do you like? Uh, I actually like the Rangers. I think they're coming together. I think they're playing together as a unit much more so. They seem quite a bit more... I think they found their desperation in that last series, and they're, they play, they're playing right now as a team that's desperate to win, and I think that's something that 
Tampa's going to have to figure out pretty quick. And you can really tell they're missing Braden Point, too. I think that's something that I've, I've noticed quite a bit is Point playing below the puck and getting the puck and wheeling with it through the neutral zone. That not having his presence constantly below the puck, bringing it up and you know, bringing offense up the ice is such a big loss, especially for guys like Kucherov because it creates so much space for them up the ice. They don't have to go down all the way below the goal line and create that offense themselves. And that you can tell once they, once they don't have that presence, I feel like they really struggle to create as much as, uh, as much as they did in the past few years. Uh, There's no doubt. Braden point is missed. I like the boldness, Chris. I like the, you know, going against the grain because you know, Tampa Bay, there's a lot of people that are going to like them tonight. There are people that everybody's aware now. This is not some little secret anymore. You know, this yeah. was something that maybe two years ago, last year, when this streak was starting to really get going for Tampa Bay off a loss in the playoffs, only the ice guys would talk about it. You know, that's about it. Now it's everybody on Twitter. It's every, you know, person that watches the NHL, even people that don't bet NHL are talking mm-hmm. about this streak. People on uh, Roger Sportsnet, ESPN, TNT, everybody's talking about this streak now. Tampa Bay off a loss in the playoffs. So the whole world knows about it. The betting planet, the hockey world knows about this streak now for Tampa Bay. And that scares me a little bit because usually when the whole world is touting something, that's usually when a streak like this ends. And you cannot dis- dispute the Rangers are a red hot commodity as a team right now. There's no question. They've won a bunch in a row. They're peaking at the right time. They're playing their best hockey of the playoffs. They've won seven home playoff games in a row, I believe, as well, coming into this game tonight. The only home playoff loss they've had was that overtime game one against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. That was it. They've won every home game since then. So this is no cinch. I like Tampa. I'm betting Tampa, but this is no cinch tonight. For me, I but, think it'll be a good game either way. I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer. And yeah. whoever comes, I think it's very good odds that tonight might be an overtime game. <laughs> there you go. Liking the draw, too. It sounds, I think that's that's potential as well. Uh, the draw, draw always worth a look, especially when you're off a blowout game, kind of like mm-hmm. what we saw the first game. It usually means you're going to get a tighter game uh, the very next one. It's a great game. You mentioned it. Great segue, Chris, because to remind people about the BetCast tonight, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. This should be a good game. I think I think we're going to luck out. We got a phenomenal game for game one for the BetCast of Edmonton, Colorado. I think we're going to get a really good one tonight uh, with game two for the Rangers and the Lightning. So 8 p.m. Eastern, DM me if you want to join the BetCast tonight. Live betting analysis throughout the game. Uh, some you bring your favorite beers or drink whatever you want with us on the betcast and it'll be a fun friday night first ever friday night betcast so i'll be drinking a little more than normal so you better believe that's going to be a lot of fun alex what do you think your game two lightning rangers yeah you know i like saying everybody in the world knows about the 18 and 0 run you know off a loss in the postseason but let's keep in mind over the last three four five years we talk about tampa bay on this show and and, and everywhere else just off of a loss in general. This is a team that when they lose a game, they they have that resiliency and they bounce back. So it's not just the obviously the microcosm of, of the postseason. This is a team that just doesn't lose a lot of games in a row. Uh, and and the, this season was kind of the, the difference because of just the fact that how much hockey they played over the last few years we've had. We did see them kind of going on, on more losing streaks in this last season, season and a half, than we had in previous years. But this is a, a, a unit that is – you know, used to bouncing back. Cooper's a, a coach that can make you know solid adjustments between games. 
Uh, and Vasilevsky, like I said, he's the X factor. He he's the one who really you know steps up in those big time spots, not just off a loss. We talk about him, you know, in closeout situations as well. And I think he's going to have a better game. And I think, like I said, more Tampa Bay as well. The Rangers have been playing. You have to understand Tampa Bay was was rusty. We saw them; they had to knock off that rust a little bit. Uh, and like I said, the Rangers, with, with how hot they're playing, they were able to catch up and, and take care of business in the second period and put that game away. It's going to be a, a much closer back and forth battle. I wouldn't talk anybody out of the draw. I mean, you're not getting that much value on it compared to you know uh, recent you know matchups. You're seeing plus three ten, plus three fifteen. Uh, I think MGM has the highest uh, draw at plus 320. So, you know, normally you'd be seeing those in the 350 or 60 range with other matchups. But everybody's – those numbers indicate that a lot of people are looking at this game possibly going into uh, overtime. So, you know, I, and like I said, always obviously look at the draw. Do not look for the yes, no overtime props. I asked, once again, seeing a, a big discrepancy in that. If you look for yes on the prop to go to overtime, it's like plus 280. Uh, if you're seeing the draw, which literally is the same thing, you can see plus 310 to plus 320. So – uh, please be be advised of that. But I already bet Tampa minus a dollar twenty after game one uh, because I, I knew the line was going to go up. And if you like the Rangers, I mean we're, we're on at two thirty seven Eastern right now. I'd say maybe even wait until four thirty five o'clock, right, right, or even right before uh, the betcast tonight at eight Eastern because this number is going to go up. You're going to have more and more people bet. I would be shocked to see Tampa Bay close minus one thirty five, minus one forty on shops. So if you do like the Rangers wait a little bit and get a better number something we don't really often say when we're talking about betting uh, hockey games on a daily basis. I tend to say that for other sports, but uh, that's the way I see this. I'm already on Tampa because I want to get the rest of the number. I do think Tampa evens this series up, and I think it's going to be Vasilevsky. Like I said, Kucherov and, and some of those main guys, they're going to, you know, like I said, get back into the groove and, and, and get that full game out of the way, that, that layoff out of the way. I think we're going to see a much better effort from uh, the Royal team in white tonight, so I'd be lightning to even this one up. Victor Hedman point as well tonight is something I'll be looking at. Victor Hedman to get a point. I mean, another prop that I'll throw in there. Corey Perry, you know, I think goal scorer and point prop. I'll sprinkle with that a bit. I think you, yeah, this is going to be him crashing the net tonight. I, I could see him scoring one of those crash the net goals, you know, because I don't think they got enough traffic and presence uh, around Shesterkin uh, in game one. Uh, and for the Rangers, like I say, I'm going light with Rangers props tonight. Not that they can't score goals or won't, but every time Tampa's in this spot off a loss, they usually tighten up defensively, and Vasilevsky is usually outstanding in spots like this. So that's why I'm going to go lighter with the Rangers props tonight and just stick to Heedle, maybe some, maybe a Lafreniere point prop or something like that, but I'm going to be a little more cautious with Rangers player props. Now, I love the Rangers player props in game one because I thought Tampa could be a little sloppy defensively with the layoff, and Vasilevsky could be off his game a little bit with the layoff. And I was on, you know, Needle and Lafreniere, and I was on Zabanajad to score a goal to get a power play point, Adam Fox to get a power play point, and they all hit. The only one that didn't was Ryan Strome to get a point, and he had a million chances and just <laughs> unfortunately didn't get a point in game one, but he had a bunch of opportunities. I think it's going to be tougher for the Rangers to get those offensive looks tonight. Chris, if you had to look at player props, what would you be interested in tonight? Uh, I think Hedman's a really good call. I think he he shows up big time. I think those big guns for Tampa, I think, is just going to be is a good call because those guys, they just know not to panic and they know to trust the process and continue down what has worked in the past. So I think I think Perry Kucherov, uh, yeah, I would say for the Rangers on the Rangers side, I think 
the way Panarin and Fox are playing, I think it's hard to not see them do something throughout the game. So I would, I would maybe look at them on the Rangers side. Those two just seem to be extremely consistent, and I think it's going to be tough to keep them shut out an entire game. Yeah, and by the way, the uh, Corey Perry off of the the two games against Toronto, game one they lost five two, or no five nothing against Toronto. Uh, the next game, Corey Perry had four points, one goal, three assists. They lost game three. The next game, he had two points. I mean, this is Corey Perry. Uh, Corey Perry and Nikita Kucherov by far. I think are the three two favorite Tampa Bay player props for me tonight uh, going into this game, whether it's to score a goal, get a point. Uh, I'm interested in both with Perry and with uh, Kucherov, and I like Hedman uh, as well to factor in in the offense for the uh, Lightning as well uh, in this one. And, of course, for the uh, Rangers, like I said, it, I don't know if they're going to score in bunches tonight, but Philip Hedl, five goals in three games and still getting you know a terrific number uh, on him to find the uh, back of the net here tonight as well uh, in game three. It's just something that really uh, you can't uh, ignore uh, going into this game, tonight, even as someone like me that likes uh, Tampa Bay here uh, in this game. I mean, he's still plus 400. They've adjusted a little bit down. It was plus 475 last game, plus 400 uh, in this game. That's still <laughs> that's still a great enough price to get involved with it for a guy uh, that has scored five goals uh, in the uh, last uh, three games. All right. There we go. That's game two, uh, breaking it down uh, tonight, Lightning and Rangers. And a reminder, we got the BetCast tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you join us for that. Send me a DM or email if you want to join the BetCast. And DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age. Age or older must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. And yeah, I'm not a big under better, but to Nicholas Lee's point in the chat, I would lean under uh, five and a half here. I love the over in game one because I thought it would be sloppy a little bit, especially for Tampa off the layoff. And we did get kind of an up and down, more of a wide open style type of game. I think we're probably going to see something different here tonight. Uh, between uh, the Lightning and Rangers uh, in game two. All right, great stuff. We're going to wrap up the show in just a minute with best bets. Uh, Chris, get ready. Your first best bet on the Ice Guys show coming up, so get get one ready. Uh, Alex, I will start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? I mean, we've been seeing it for years. You know, this team bounces back uh, like no other, and there's a reason why they're defending Stanley Cup champions two years in a row. We're going with the Tampa Bay Lightning on the money line, minus $1.20, minus $1.25. Uh, I like this team to, to bounce back. And like I said, they've knocked the rust off. Uh, Rangers may have poked the bear a little bit here. And I think we're going to see Vasilevsky and company uh, come back in a big way and, and get a nice win to even the series up 1-1 going back home to Tampa for game three. All right, there it is. Tampa Bay minus 120 uh, for Alex B. Smith with his uh, best bet. All right, Chris Corgan, our special guest. What do you like for best bet? Uh, for best bet, I think I just like the Rangers tonight. Uh, taking it home, I think they – I think in Madison Square Garden right now, it's a tough place to play. I think that I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it might be an overtime game, but I think I think 
Tampa's going to show up and play well, but I think a couple good bounces and the Rangers can, can definitely pull one out and make it go back to Tampa and be a real interesting series. All right. I like it. The Rangers against the grain. I like that. You know, New York Rangers plus uh, 105 plus 110 is what you can get with them for uh, best bet here for uh, Chris Corgan on his uh, first appearance here on the uh, Ice Guys. Uh, you're with Terry Edelman, our great uh, longtime uh, fan viewer listener. He was bold on Twitter. I noticed that Terry loving the uh, Rangers here to snap the streak, uh, snap this 18 and 0 off a loss streak for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So and they are rolling, and especially on home ice. And we've seen them against Carolina. They won two home games in a row. So, like I say, this I like Tampa. I'm trusting in the streak. I'm trusting in how they've bounced back repeatedly. Uh, they've been able to bounce back repeatedly. But no, it won't be an easy win for them with the way the Rangers are playing. I will admit that. Uh, my best bet, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, you know what, I'm going to go with a prop instead uh, for best bet tonight. I'm going to go with uh, Nikita Kucherov for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here tonight, and I'm going to. I'm probably just going to end up going with the goal score prop at around plus 180. Uh, is plus 190 is what you can get with that Nikita Kucherov to score a goal tonight uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I'd rather go with that for best bet than points prop because you know it's a little bit more uh, heavily heavily juiced with that, and you, and it's over one minus 110 is probably the best way to go about it for Kucherov if you're going to bet his points prop tonight. But I do like him to find the back of the net. I think he will tonight. So Nikita Kucherov, Tampa Bay Lightning, plus 180, plus 190. That's the range you can find it. Uh, anytime goal score, uh, I'm going to go with that for my uh, best bet here for game two tonight, Lightning and Rangers. All right, uh, great stuff. Chris, final thought words from you. Thanks for joining us uh, here on the uh, show today. Uh, thanks for having me. It was uh, fun chatting. I think another guy just uh, real quick to look out for is Palat for Tampa. Mm -hmm. Yep. He kind of flies under the radar. I think he's he's due for a big night as well. Yeah, Pilat, of course, uh, he did. He scored off the goalpost, a nice backhand. One of the few highlights for Tampa in game one was his backhand goal. And look, he's got points in four straight games, Chris, to your point. Four straight games with a point, uh, and he scored in back-to-back -back games for Tampa Bay. So uh, that's not a bad prop consideration either. Andre Pilat, you know, is starting to get that offense uh, revved up. And again, playing right now tonight on that second line with Nick Paul and Alex Pallone, uh, based on the uh, current line combinations. Uh, all right, great stuff. That is a wrap. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For our special guest, and we thank him for joining us, Chris Corgan. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the game tonight, and good luck. And join us for the BetCast, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time tonight for the Ice Guys BetCast, right here, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.